So, before I uh, launch into tonight's talk, I just would like to express my appreciation for all of you, for your practice, and uh, yeah, much, much appreciation, and yeah, so thank you. Um, so this evening I'd like to offer some reflections on uh, metta, metta, like saying that, beautiful quality of mind and heart. Um, and uh, hmm, I'll just invite you in a way to join me in just letting our time together May it may it be in the service of awakening our kindness, awakening our love. Trying to find my way into the talk. It feels like I can't find the front door. <laughs> Where's the front door? Anyway, well. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I wanted to mention it's, uh, something I was remembering when I was uh, reflecting on this talk and this theme of arriving into the space of Gaia House retreat place in England and uh, I had never been before and during those first retreats it's many years ago now I recall that I didn't really pick up much on any teachings <laughs> there weren't even any images of the Buddha in Guy House at the beginning and I remember the teachers would talk and I, what I was really tuning into and relishing and soaking up, I think was, was metta, was the spirit of kindness and sense of safety, like a safe quiet space where I could sit and cry and marvel and fidget and everything else that happens when we practice. But for me it was um, this uh, coming into a space where everything was held in kindness and somehow I think for me given the conditions of my life up to that point I don't think I had ever really been anywhere where I felt you know a kind of kindness and then b space to be 
to. That was quite a, for me, a, a revelation. And still, I feel like in a place like this, I wish so much for each of us that we acknowledge, that we recognize, that we recognize what we are held in here, you know, what we offer each other by our non-harming commitment. This is a rare gift in a world where there is so much harming. So, uh, you know, perhaps I wanted to speak a, a little bit about maybe some different ways that we can attune to this kindness, this metta, this loving heart. And one very crucial way, I feel, is to recognize kindness. To not overlook that. You know, can we, we can maybe take it for granted. And to me there's something very powerful about somehow that kindness is in every molecule of this pla- of this place. Excuse me. <laughs> I know it's in the floor, it's in the way the the wood has been so beautifully shaped. And all the corners of the chairs and the tables are beautifully smoothed. Just and as you walk around at each step, you could notice kindness, the effects, the results, you know, in the environment here. So do you know kindness? Do you know that? Do you recognize its presence, its activity? Uh, I think it's very, it's kind of interesting question. And I mean, in a way, all of our practice is really about kindness. But this particular presence of sense of caring, care and concern for the welfare of beings, of life. It's, um, maybe it's drowned out sometimes by, you know, worries and preoccupations and Mm. 
so we can reflect also another way of, of kindness of uh, beings that we, we've encountered. And actually I've been thinking about the Buddha and contemplating his kindness. And sometimes, you know, I don't know why you look at this image and it doesn't, the kindness and the love doesn't kind of jump out at you particularly. <laughs> but how wonderful to, to look and see and contemplate and it's there in the suttas in so many ways of, yeah, the kindness and the love and compassion and then the care. And somehow for me that's very helpful. Like it can tend to just see the brilliance and the peacefulness and the earthedness. Um, and there's great kindness there and you, of course you know there are many stories and one that came to mind was just, I can't remember exactly the words, but the Buddha went, was visiting uh, a monk who was very sick. With He was going with some other with some bhikkhus and found uh, this very sick monk in a very bad state, very ill and just with, you know, his own excrement on and on the bed and that he hadn't been cleaned and so the Buddha asked for some water and with his own hands he cleaned the monk made sure that he had clean coverings and I th imagine him the, turning to his companions and saying no, this you must see each person as, as if they were me, as if they were the Buddha take care of them with as much care as you would offer to me. I'm paraphrasing wildly, but you probably know the story. So, something very touching, isn't it? like the hands, the hands that we see in these mudras of meditation were also hands of caring and, and cleaning a, a sick person's body. So maybe we can, yeah, another way of, of cultivating metta, just can reflect sometimes on the, the kindness of the Buddha. Also, we're taught, aren't we, often to re recollect kindness, kindness, our own kind, generous actions, and the kindness and generosity of others. And I, I don't know about you, but when I do this, um, after I've overcome a certain reluctance to recollect my own virtuous actions, <laughs> it's actually very... Uh, 
at a very beautiful reflection, something very um, nourishing to the heart, very corrective of an often very harsh and judgmental attitude we have towards ourselves. And somehow towards others as well, for those of us for whom perhaps uh, an aversive temperament, if there is such a thing, um, you know, to actively consider the loving deeds of others can, can help to heal that, that pattern with specific people, but also generally. And you know, probably you can imagine, you can remember many very, you know, times when so much kindness has been shown to you. And when I contemplate this, I, I, it can be quite overwhelming. <laughs> it's like how much kindness I've been on the receiving end of in my life. Uh, quite, quite remarkable and uh, the sense of, I wouldn't be here without that, wouldn't be here. And just share one recollection. She happened at Gaia House as well, a beautiful place in England where I practiced and also worked for a while. And while I was there, um, my foster mom, mother, is the woman who brought me up, I was very attached to, very connected with, was suddenly taken very ill and it looked like she might die in the night and this was a Sunday evening and and I I felt like I wanted to go but I, I couldn't see how I could travel because I didn't drive and it was too late for a train and so my two two dear friends and colleagues drove me all the way across England and it's not a very big country but anyway, it was quite a long way. <laughs> it took hours. I got there in the middle of the night. I was able to see her. And in fact, she did live a little longer. And then my friends went off and stayed somewhere and then drove back the next day. And whenever I think of that or tell that story, um, it inspires me, it um, reminds me of the power of kindness, the power of kindness. It's interesting, isn't it? Think of it as a power. Now, Sharon Salzberg, one of her more recent books, uh, The Force of Kindness. I think this is something very important somehow that we we understand that this is a, a very powerful force that it without it being about power over or any kind of dominating power it has huge power to heal to bring happiness to bring peace and to bring basic well-being. You know, one way I contemplate this is I, I, okay, what is life like without that? What is it like when metta, when kindness is not present? 
bleak, a kind of devastation mm. I, that when when that is not there. And we we meet this, don't we, in, in the world and in our lives and in, in our own hearts, perhaps on retreat sometimes it can feel a bit bleak, a bit bleak, bleak, a bit bleak. Sorry about the microphone blips. Um, and sometimes I, maybe this is again particular for some of us, but, you know, what's a meditation like what's a retreat like when we lose touch with kindness this. Hmm. so you can perhaps look i uh, i wanted to say in another way we can uh, cultivate the metta i'll talk about the formal practice but one thing I, I really wanted to mention is this a way in which we can uh, what does it what does it mean to have a kind or friendly attitude to our experience and again like it sounds so simple easy well yeah be friendly but what does it actually feel like or what does it what difference does it make i think that's something we really have to find out for ourselves and i know for me for many years struggling with meta practice and meta and going on meta retreats and thinking i really don't get this and i think one really key piece that i didn't see for a long time was that there was some basic kind of aversion towards myself or towards my own experience, let's say, that I was not aware of. So I was trying to generate loving kindness to all beings. Yeah, you know, and somehow sort of underneath that or in the background, it's like, you know, well, there should be, you know, different and all this. I shouldn't have this pain in my body or, you know, and somehow offering of meta to myself I was like it didn't seem to do anything because there isn't a self so no wonder it just missed it went out the window <laughs> so for me and I don't know you know we all you all have your own wisdom and your own experience with this that somehow it's been so key to begin to learn that ah what what is it to to let your mindfulness be infused with kindness. Huh? The one teacher said, metta is kindness with awareness. Or another teacher coined the word kindfulness. Like they, they're really so different. Mindfulness has caring in it. Metta has, has to have awareness. For it to, yeah, so interesting. Um, so that kind attentiveness, like when you feel your foot on the floor, just you know, just feel yourself sitting, the body sitting. 
just, hmm. Is the attention, is it friendly? And, and to me this is sometimes is so interesting because if I ask that question, it can unearth or reveal a level of pushing or harshness or just even very subtle resistance or, you know, it's like, go away, painful feeling. Mm. And so actually to, to, it's this sense of the metta, the kind, the friendliness actually re- sort of reveals on the way to healing and replacing the harshness and the aversiveness, it's like it reveals it. Oh, look at that resistance. Boy, here we go. Or, or indifference or somehow something else should be happening, right? So when we attend to our body, breathing, thoughts, like talking with some people today and like does it again Maybe to see for yourself, does it make a difference to bring a sense of kindness to those pesky thought loops and <laughs> habits of mind? It's like, what is it to almost consciously, intentionally bring a sense of kindness into that touching and, and Vitaka vichara, that, that whole process of touching and being present with. So another way I've found very important in, in the meditation practice, and I know we're practicing in different ways, but and something about attending to the climate of the mind, the the quality of almost the space around you or the space around your experience, what's around your experience, right? So, are you in a, a, a friendly space? And, and, and of course we're talking partly about the actual space, but probably more about the sort of mental space of mind, a sort of wide, what's, what's in the space around you? Is it, can it be friendly? I've, I've, I've found that very important, very helpful. So what would it, this is from, I've learned a lot of, of this ap- approach from Ajahn Suchito. So he asks, so what would it be like to be in something where you felt completely met and received just as you are? Hmm? You hear the quality of that? Something the atmosphere, the climate of the mind. So whatever is, it's like we're met, we're, we're fully received in something, in that, in that kindness. <sighs> hmm. Another area I think is very helpful on retreat is looking at the quality of the intention and sometimes I'll just give a, a rather gross example kind of but I, I think it's, it points to the basic principle again I was on retreat a while ago at Gaia House again I haven't been on retreat much anywhere else but <laughs> um, and I had my my yogi job was to 
wipe the tables after tea and I I'd been a bit displeased by that I wanted another job so I think I was really rather set set up for being a bit grumpy about this job <laughs> yogi job interesting area of practice huh um and so one evening after tea, there I was all sort of, you know, wiping the table, saying, oh, I wish I had another job, you know, I much prefer to go and sit at this time. <laughs> and of course, you know, I thought, well, you're on retreat, and the teachers are going on and on at you about things, and, oh, okay, let me practice with this. Right. As I do, you know. And so I thought, well, what if I, the thought came to mind, what if I wipe the tables for everyone? It's like just to support people in their practice. I want to wipe the tables for everybody. And <laughs> it worked. It worked. It was, it was like I really started to enjoy. And it, it just the whole flavor of, 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 of the mind just shifted because I was doing it for them. And... Uh, I'm sure you know what I mean, but like I think like the whole of our practice somehow, it's like what is the motivation and what is it, what are we doing it for? We're doing it for me? Where does that go? <laughs> it's but this is, you know, what the mind what's there in the mind, you know. I I was actually here, so I did sit here on retreat a few times, doing a whole month of metta practice found myself waking up one morning kind of lurching out of bed and saying what's in it for me <laughs> I don't know if I actually said it or whether it was just the thought but I was like wow look at that how embarrassing <laughs> so the next uh, I, I piece I wanted to uh, open up a bit is feels to me in a very crucial part of our, our metta practice or our, our what we uh, what we uh, find a way of bringing kindness to or allowing to be held in this atmosphere of kindness or or practice with it in in the service of, of, of awakening of of kindness is how do we include that which is obscuring hindering obstructing squashing our metta you know so this is the area of the hindrance I don't want to start a whole but it, it feels so one of the things that became really clear to me on that particular retreat as well was how much of the metta practice when I was doing it for myself or for other beings, people here, people not here, was the amount of the practice before the mind was very, very settled and even then at times how much of it was about the hindrances and the hindrances manifesting as images, thoughts, feelings, senses, ideas about 
you or me. <laughs> that that was it. So so this is that the meta practice as an insight practice, as as a way of, of revealing and then being and then healing all of the ways that our uh, relationality, our ways of relating as human beings with others, with ourselves, have been damaged, you know, have been hurt, or have been conditioned by family, society, events, right? And it, so I hope I don't emphasize this too much, but it seems so important to me because it's almost like to practice metta is to invite Mara. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that the that the intention to to cultivate kind of like to me one of the effects is like oh okay you see the the opposite or you see so you see the maybe a more vivid uh, clarity the the irritations, you know, the petty, like, why does that person walk along like that, slapping their slippers on the floor? Couldn't they be more quiet? <laughs> Can't it be really petty like that? I don't think I'm the only one. And just to have a sense of humor or a sense of, oh, look at that. Ah, oh. and may you be well. May you have a good retreat. May your practice thrive. Yeah, I'm irritated about the slippers and I wish you well. <laughs> you could try that. I found it very helpful because it was kind of like, yeah. Oh, okay, irritation. Hmm. But that doesn't have to be the end of the story. And I wish you well. Yeah. And then again and again and again, and, and the mind is gradually healed. Hmm? Or it could be fear. I mean, how much fearfulness is that? This cannot just be me either. It never is just you, is it? It's always fearfulness around people, even here with all these lovely beings. Ah. And it's so, it's like, can we, again, that kindness and that sense of this is not something that shouldn't be happening. Right? It's happening because it's happening. It's an opportunity to bring kindness. Oh. And I think one of the most amazing parts of a silent retreat is the amount of relational seeing and healing that can happen. Because yeah? you get to see, because you're not uh, dodging and weaving and kind of not quite seeing it and going on to the next thing and going on to the next person and not quite seeing that and that feeling, oh, put that on one side. <laughs> so opportunity to um, to see and to, to release. I, anyway, I have a whole list of, during that retreat, I just was just amazed at how much of all these hindrance things were becoming so clear, then what I call the greed-based um, ones, you know, clinging, attachment, well, like that person, I really like that person, like, you know, it's like, as opposed to don't like, and how 
um, oh, do you get this where you, I, you, you idealize, like there's a certain yogi walking around and you just think, I want to be like that. Wow. And it's like, what can, can we, can we, it's like un, unhook the, that's who they are and that's who I am, isn't it? Again, it's going back to this, just inspiration, inspiration, not letting it be a fixed idea about who they are or who I am. Again, it's the I am, isn't it? It's the I am. And in a way, I guess another way of speaking about what I'm speaking about here is it's all, it's all the I am and the you are that arises. And to really see that, to really, oh, look at that. Um, the I am and the you are that's being created in this moment. To really, to see that is somehow, isn't it? You can't kind of skip over that. Anyway, um, maybe just one other part of the delusion-based uh, tendencies here. Like <laughs> pretending, performing. Look at me, I'm walking along, I'm being so kind. Being really, see? Smiling. <laughs> and somehow something about hiding behind, hiding a kind of mask of niceness or I think this is, this for me this is, feels like such an important exploration of, of what, what kind of a front we have to put on uh, rather than trusting, trusting our heart. Isn't it? Just so much of it goes back to trust. I don't really trust the goodness here. So I've got to look good. It's just if, again, you might want to notice. I guess trust, so much of this is about trusting our good, good heart, our goodness of heart. And not being caught in any of these appearances. But also we mustn't dismiss them and pretend that they don't happen. I'm pretending I'm not pretending. <laughs> anyway, I'm like, let's not get too complicated here. I just wanted to read you something from um, wonderful teacher Pema Chodron in this kind of area. She says, meditation takes us just as we are with our confusion and our sanity. This complete acceptance of ourselves is called metta, or maitri in Sanskrit. A simple, direct relationship with the way we are. Right. So, the way we are. So here's the, what to me is one of the most radical aspects of Metta is this, it's, it's unlimited capacity, it's, it's, uh, 
this capacity to meet and touch everything, everything. Uh, I think this is that that even when we feel angry, can we bring kindness to that? It's that when we feel afraid, when when yeah. So I'm just going to pause. I I did want to just, but it's a lot of words. And I said at the beginning of the talk, I hope that this, these reflections would um, be in the service of awakening our, our loving heart. which is not words. So just just to remind us of that. So I, I hope you feel loving support around you. Mm. feeling uncertain about what else to share. Maybe I'll just say, I wanted to say a little bit about um, with the formal meta practice, for those of you who, who are doing that, I just want to mention maybe a couple of things that may be important for any practice. It's like we need to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. This healing and liberating can be a ah, slow process. And to keep faith with the intention, the good intention. And um, another key, key thing that I feel is something to do with creativity, um, of finding ways of uh, evoking the metta, of connecting with the, the loving heart. 
finding, you know, for so many of us, I think it's being in nature, hearing the rain, seeing the animals, the birds. And some sense of almost a sense of playfulness or you know, creativity, image, images, um, simile. Isn't the Buddha, the master of simile, that the meta is like the rain. I was thinking that today is like the rain, rain falling gentle rain falling on the earth. Or maybe you can imagine you know, one of your teachers or a beneficent being with you. You're just receiving that love and care. It's really yeah, really, really important, really, really powerful. So, so I wanted to share with you a poem. Sometimes I think that stories and poems and images communicate far more directly to the heart. So I hope this, this one may. It's called Kindness. It's by Naomi Shehab Nye. So before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment, like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out of the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and a simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, You must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day. to buy bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, 
it is I you have been looking for. And then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. So I, I hope that these reflections um, can be of some support to help us to remember the power of kindness, the power of metta, and to Uh, to let our practice mm, open us more and more to the natural loving heart, our good heart. And let it shine forth into the world. Uh, thank you for your attention.